Hello and welcome back, and if you're new, thanks for tuning in. I'm Sam Hostack, I'm your host. Today we're talking about eliminating self-limiting beliefs. And that is important and crucial to everyone's self-development wherever you are in life. The elimination of self-limiting beliefs will allow you to create more for yourself and be a better you. So no matter where you are in your personal development, this lesson is applicable to you. Let's talk about doubt. By definition, doubt is the feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. The definition of conviction is a firmly held belief or opinion. So when we have self-doubt, we have the feeling of uncertainty, as in a lack of knowledge about ourselves or a lack of belief in ourselves. And with conviction, we have confidence, a firmly held belief or opinion about ourselves. So why are we confident? We are confident when we... We are truly confident when we have... A firm opinion about our choices in life, where we are, what we are choosing in life, and where we are going in life. And where we have self doubt is that we're unsure of the past decisions we made, we're unsure of the decisions we are making, and we are unsure of where we are going. Now that the two are mutually exclusive, you're allowed to be confident in most decisions you made in the past. You're allowed to be confident in the decisions you're making now for the most part, as well as the future. If you're a great thinker, then you probably have doubt in your past, in your present, and in your future. So where do we begin with this? The best way to figure out doubts or beliefs about yourself is through trial and error. Give yourself the opportunity to see what you are capable of. Give yourself the opportunity to learn from your mistakes in your past, present, and future. Show, don't tell. You need to show yourself where you made good decisions and where you made wrong decisions. You need to show yourself where you're making the right decisions and the wrong decisions. And when you reach the future, repeat the process. Try things more than once. That is the most important thing. Because if you try and fail, perhaps you're not good at it. If you try and succeed, Perhaps you're not good at it. Either way, when you try something once and you succeed or you fail, perhaps you're not as good or as bad as you thought you were, which is a very important principle my father taught me at a young age. He said, in the words of, in the words of Terrence Gerard Hostack, you're never doing as good as you think you are, you're never doing as bad as you think you are. Take me, for example, on guitar. You know, from my early teen years, 
up and forward. I've never really been good at anything but Ian Power Chords, as well as some other little neat tricks I learned from musicians I was in bands with. So it's not that I can't learn guitar. It's not that I'm incapable of mastering guitar, learning from the basics, like the courses I bought on Udemy. It's not that I can't learn scales. It's not that I can't learn to master rhythm guitar or lead guitar. It's not that I can't master any genre. It's that I'm new, I'm fresh, and I'm learning these new things. My self-limiting belief kept me at where I was at for a long time, and I just formed bands to help me be good at things I wasn't good at within my music career, is that after all that in exploring myself and discovering myself, as I mentioned in previous podcast episodes, that I had the self-limiting belief that I couldn't learn ear power chords without other musicians around me. Excuse me, my phone's going off. But nonetheless, I'm at a place where I can learn to master this craft, become competent at this craft. I'm seeking the help and insight from courses to help me become a real guitar player. Better than beginner, better than intermediate. Becoming advanced. And you can apply that to anything. You can apply that to being a grocery store clerk. You can apply that to being a dishwasher, an artist, what have you. You can apply this exact learning to anything. So as long as you learn the basics, you go through trial and error, and you're willing to ask for help, you can become a master at something. You become you can become better at something, even if it's not master, you're a jack of all trades. You can become knowledgeable in the basic principles of how something works. You must eliminate your self-doubts and beliefs, and you must adopt a learning mindset, a growth mindset, where you learn new things. Always try things more than once so you can better determine how good you're doing or how bad you're doing. Seek information and insight per result. So whether you succeed or fail at something more than one time, seek insight and information from those around you who are involved in your endeavor. They might have a tip to give you to create better results. They might have a tip to give you to obtain even better results. Whether you failed that multiple times or you succeed multiple times, be comfortable enough with failure that you're okay with other people telling you, here's how you get a better result. Seek help and insight when trying again. So after you have failed multiple times or have succeeded multiple times, Seek the help of others' insight for you to fully master this area of being.
where you are constantly doing one thing and obtaining one result, seek help and insight of those around you to be better at that thing. These would be the very basics of the Peter Principle, where you work up to further incompetence. So when you try something new, you're not good at it. Therefore, you must practice. And through practice and obtaining new insight and humbling yourself to ask for help, you become better or a master of that craft. And once you obtain mastery and being better at that craft, you end up in a new position. And that is where you will need to ask for help and become better. So you must ask yourself, how could I pull this off? What do I need to think differently? And what do I need to do differently to create better results? And what if I could afford it? And so let's say that you work uh, at a grocery store and you're a part-time courtesy clerk and you try the different positions throughout the store and you get better at them and you master them. Eventually, you're offered a managerial position. You become a manager. You need to humble yourself and ask for help when you're in those positions. And therefore... Once you are able to ask for help and achieve the proper insight, obtain the proper insight, and be a better manager, then it's only uphill from there. You have to repeat the same process, replicate it, and do the same thing until you become the owner of the store or what have you. And that is how you eliminate self-doubt and uncertainty is you go through the process of trial and error you ask for help you ask for insight and you become better at the position and you replicate that same formula and you do it until you're at the highest position of the occupation some things to consider what if you are an abstract thinker? What if you are a doer? What if you are an ethicist, a feeler? What do you do when you're very ethical and you appreciate the feelings and emotional subjectivities around you? What do you do when you're a thinker and you appreciate the logical and uh, procedures around you regarding logic. What do you do when you are someone who deals within the moment? What do you do with, when you're someone who isn't someone who deals within the moment? You take your time. You allow yourself to get better at things you're unfamiliar with over time. So if you're a thinker, you get better at doing. If you're 
a thinker, you get better at being ethical. If you're ethical, you get better at thinking. If you're a doer, you get better at patience. You take your time to sort everything out. And I'm deliberately bringing typology into this for the sake of people who don't know what they are. And they should otherwise figure that out. Now, how are some ways you can figure out if you're a thinker, doer, or ethicist? Or intuitive? You could figure out what you are in MBTI. Read the books of Carl Jung. You could join Socionics. You could look to Enneagram. You could go into Humanitarian Socionics. Or you could learn through C.S. Joseph. C.S. Joseph.life. But just because some type coach or type mentor believes you are some certain type, whether it's an MBTI, socionics, anagram, etc., it doesn't mean that you have the right type for yourself. This is where typology can be dubious. It can be useless in the sense that you don't understand yourself or other people. Or, if you acquire your own knowledge, whether it be through reading the books, your own self, a mentor, a coach, or the combination of the, you can definitely have a more accurate sense of what your type is in any system, and also understand other people through any system. There's a lot of different avenues you could take to figuring out what kind of worker you are. But at the end of the day, you're always going to be faced with self-doubt and self-conviction, no matter who you are, and there will always be avenues to eliminate self-doubt and have more self-conviction. And I figured this was worthwhile enough to share.